Hello, this is Tommy Peeler, and thank you for listening to Carefully Examining the Text. And today, in our podcast, we want to look at Psalm 5. Psalm 5 is a beautiful psalm. It's described in the heading as a psalm of David for the choir director uh, for flute accompaniment, a psalm of David. Now, as we read through Psalm 5 in the New American Standard Bible, I want to divide it up into five sections. I want to divide it up as we go that you may get a better handle on perhaps a way to outline the psalm. Psalm 5, verses 1 through 3, is a request to God to listen to the psalmist's prayer. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. In verses 4 through 6, the Bible describes the evildoer, the wicked man. It describes the evildoer by telling us what God doesn't tolerate. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all who do iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. In the third section, in verses 7 and 8, the psalmist once again describes his relationship with God and pours out his heart before God. But as for me, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence before you. O Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. Verses 9 and 10 will once again describe the evildoer. 9 and 10, there is nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Hold them guilty, O God. By their own devices let them fall. In the multitude of their transgressions thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. And then in verses 11 and 12, again the psalmist addresses God in prayer, saying, Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy, and may you shelter them that those who love your name may exalt in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. Notice in these five sections of the psalm, as we divided it, the sections alternate between a section begging God to hear and addressing God, and then a section describing the evildoer. Another section, begging God to listen and to lead him into righteousness. And then a description of the evildoer. And then finally, one more request 
of God, one more address to God in verses 11 and 12. The psalm begins with the words, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Several psalms begin this way. Psalm 17 will begin this way. Psalm 95, Give ear, O God, calling upon God to listen to the plea of the psalmist. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. This word groaning is only used once elsewhere in the Psalms. It describes the inaudible groanings of our soul. Notice that he is begging God to hear not only the words he expresses to God, but he is begging God to hear the groanings of his heart, which perhaps he's not even able to put into words. And he is begging God to listen. Verse 2 says, Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God. In Psalm 2, verse 2, we read of the kings of the earth, how they opposed God and then in opposition to them. Psalm 2, 6 says that God sets his king on his holy hill. But this is the first time in the book of Psalms that God is explicitly addressed as king. And remember, the heading states that this is a psalm of David. David is recognizing who the real king is. He is king of the land. He has much authority. But he bows before the king of kings. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will raise my prayer to you and eagerly watch. Just as Psalm 3 may have been a morning prayer and Psalm 4 an evening prayer, Psalm 5 verse 3 indicates that this may have been a morning prayer as well. Morning was a time when the priest offered sacrifices to God in Exodus 29 verses 38 through 42. And in the morning, David cries out to God, begging God to hear his cry. So he begs God, give ear to my plea in verses 1 through 3. Hear the words I express and the groanings that are too painful to be uttered. But then in verses 4 through 6, he describes the evil. He describes the wrongdoer and he describes God's holiness by describing what God will not tolerate. You are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. In Psalm 1 2, remember how the Bible had said that the blessed man delights or takes pleasure in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. The same word used there in Psalm 1 verse 2 is used here in Psalm 5 verse 4. While the blessed man takes pleasure or delight in God's word, God does not take pleasure or delight in the evildoer. He does not tolerate his behavior. And the Bible says no evil dwells with you. The word for dwells is actually a word that could be translated sojourn. 
it refers to the most temporary of stays. And yet, even for the most temporary time, God is not able to abide evil. No evil dwells with God. In verse 5, the boastful shall not stand before God. We were told in Psalm 1 in verse 5 that the wicked would not stand in the congregation of the righteous. And here we are told that the boastful cannot stand before him. And God is said to hate all who do iniquity. God hates iniquity and God hates those who do it. And God destroys those who speak falsehood. The word destroy here is the word perish that was used in Psalm 1 verse 6. The same root word that's used. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. So after he begs God to hear his prayer and listen to his cry, he states that he knows that God does not tolerate evil and wickedness and pride and wrongdoing, that all of these things are inconsistent with the nature of God. Once again, he turns to his request before God, his desire to serve him, as he says in Psalm chapter 5, verse 7, or Psalm 5, verse 7, But as for me, by your loving kindness, I will enter your house. The psalmist is not like these evildoers who cannot dwell with God, in verse 4. He is not like them. He is seeking to dig to, to live in such a way that he may enter into God's house, that he may walk in his presence. And yet he knows, even though he seeks to purify his life and he seeks to remove himself from wrongdoing, at the same time he knows that he needs God's mercy, that he is desperately in need of God's mercy. The word loving kindness which is used here, or mercy, or however your translation may word it, is from a Hebrew word, kesed, which is perhaps the best one word to describe the character of God in the Old Testament. It's difficult to translate it because it rolls into one all the concepts of God's mercy, God's grace, God's compassion, God's patience, God's faithfulness, God's loyalty, and God's love. All of these qualities are rolled into this particular word. And the psalmist knows that it is by the abundant loving kindness of the Lord that he can enter God's house. It is interesting that this word translated abundant in verse 7 is used twice in the psalm. It's used in verse 10, and in Psalm 5, verse, Psalm 510, the text tells us in the multitude of their transgressions that the wicked will be thrust out of God's house. The wicked is thrust out of God's house because of the multitude of their sins. But the righteous, even the righteous, is only allowed entrance by the multitude 
of his mercies. God's loving kindness is everlasting. How thankful we can be that by God's mercy and by God's grace, we can be in a right relationship with him. And this is all the more reason to bow before him in reverence and awe, as verse 7 states. God has forgiven us. When we sit to think of all the things in our life that we've done wrong, that we've said wrong, and to think that God wipes the slate clean and God forgives us of them all, it's a thought that is too awesome to contemplate. And the psalmist begs God in verse 8, O God, lead me in your righteousness and make your ways straight before me. May God lead us in the green pastures, the quiet waters. May he lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But once again, notice that description of the evildoer in verses 9 and 10. There's nothing reliable in what they say. As verses 9 and 10 focus on the evildoer, it particularly highlights their mouths, which seem to be the instrument through which they conduct most of their destructive behavior. There's nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Notice he had mentioned in this text, he mentioned their throat, their tongue, and their mouths. All of this in this verse. In verse 10, calls upon God to hold them guilty and let them fall by their own devices. We're going to see this illustrated more graphically in Psalm 7 and Psalm 9. As the wicked falls into the pit that they have dug, let them fall by their own devices, by the wicked things they have said. May they be brought down. May they be destroyed. And as we've already emphasized, they are cast away from God's presence and away from his people in the multitude of their transgressions. But as the psalm closes in verses 11 and 12, it is a call that all those who take refuge in God will be glad. Remember Psalm 2 verse 12 said, Blessed are those who take refuge in God. Let all who take refuge in Him be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. May you shelter those that those who love your name may exult in you. The Bible warns against taking God's name in vain in Exodus 20 verse 7. But here we find God, God caring for those who love his name, who, who praise his name. The Bible says, it is you who blesses the righteous blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. 
This particular word for surround in verse 12 is a rare word, but it's a word that's used in 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 26 to talk about how Saul's men were surrounding David. Saul had divided his army into two factions, and they were closing in on David, surrounding him. And just as David was surrounded by Saul, so in a greater sense, we are surrounded by the Lord as with a shield. Even in that case, in 1 Samuel 23, when Saul was closing in on David, the Lord who surrounded him as a shield caused a messenger to bring news to Saul that Saul, the Philistines, have attacked the land. And Saul called off his quest for David and went to fight the Philistines. These passages describe the evildoer and the wrongdoer, and they call on God to hear the prayer of his worshipers and let them all rejoice in him. But I want you to notice those words of verse 9 a little bit more closely. There's nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongues. Perhaps you recognize that that is quoted in Romans 3 and verse 13. Paul quotes this, and his point in Romans chapter 3 is to emphasize the sinfulness of all men, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that all are guilty before God and need redemption. Now, that's interesting to me, because in Psalm 5, there is a careful distinction made between the righteous and the wicked. But Paul quotes from part of this verse, which describes the wicked man, to emphasize that all have sinned. All are desperately in need of the forgiveness that Jesus brings and the redemption that he offers. That only highlights that our entrance into God's house is by his mercy. When we look at this description of the evil man, we may see more of ourselves than we would like to admit. It reminds us of how desperately we need his forgiveness, his compassion. For those of us who are Christians, we are not that because we have never done any wrong. We are Christians because we have forgive, been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the man whose sin is forgiven, whose transgression is blotted out. Psalm 32, 1 and 2. Our hope is in His mercy and that by His abundant loving kindness we can enter His house. We thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you.